Wednesday Reading Circle Novices and Dedicates, though we use the Circle of Magic text to discuss ways to improve our lives and the world around us, you may have noticed that when not related to the text, we tend to leave politics out of our episodes. But when recording our last episode, we got into a long conversation about patience, prejudice, and progress. Though it begins with the book, it soon deviates, and the discussion is as messy as the topics we discuss. We do not pretend to be experts on these matters, nor can we be finished with this conversation. But this is also the reason we wanted to provide you with this extra episode. If you want to join the conversation, please reach out to us at our email, templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com, or contact us on one of our social media pages. Wherever you find yourself in this, we would like to hear from you. Finally, please know that this is an off-the-cuff conversation with very little editing, and that means there will be strong language. Adjust your listening needs accordingly. Part three is reading like a mage. What magic did you find for your own life in this chapter? I'm going to use the same passage that I used for my love, the, my like, the between Lark and Sandry. Sandry's doubting herself and I doubt myself a lot too. So I feel like I need to give myself a lot more credit and listen to the Larks around me that tell me, hey, you can do this. And a lot of times I'll be like, y'all are just, y'all are my friends, y'all are my family, y'all are just telling me that because y'all love me and you're just trying to make me feel better about myself, but I need to actually listen to those people because they know what's up. <laughs> just because someone loves you doesn't mean that what they're saying is necessarily not true or just for your benefit. I really connect to that passage too, but on Lark's side. Because that's the that's the teacher that I want to be. Because she says, like, I know that you are good at this. And I have seen students in my own classroom doubt themselves. And I have seen students in my own classroom doubt themselves when I can see that they're really good at something. And they just need to, again, have the patience to, like, work through that and develop their skills or they need to believe in themselves a little bit more and sometimes you need somebody else to believe in you before you can believe in yourself and I want to be that person but I also want to dick around with Brittany and Goodwin some more oh god (laughs) here we go (laughs) so the other thing that I pulled out of this chapter is as we've already talked about, Daja and Frostpine are both from, they've both had experience with pirates. They've both lived in areas where there are pirates. And this is some, this is a very new experience for Curel. And so, but they are nice to him. <laughs> and basically just this idea of when you interact with people who are different from you, still like treating them kindly or being, again, having the patience to educate them about things that they don't understand, which is something that I feel is really important to remember right now. 
That's true. And now I feel really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly, I don't think I'd talk like that about a real person. But, you know, yeah, that's a good thing to keep in mind for sure. I I uh, I try really hard in my own life to remember that, um, and it can be really really difficult sometimes because some people just like are really annoying or they're very ignorant about certain things. But like I remember my pastor at our church is like very, very pro LGBT, which is part of the reason that he's the pastor at that church. And it's part of the reason that a lot of people who go to that church go to that church. But he, he gave this, uh, I guess, sermon one day where he talked about like, uh, there, there isn't really any evidence in the Bible for, for saying like, gay people are, are bad or anything. But he had this, very like fiery sort of if you are homophobic then you should just leave right now kind of thing and I remember like actually being kind of hurt by that because I was like wait wait what we be doing is saying like okay if you disagree you are still welcome here but you still have to treat people you still have to follow our rules while you're in this space which means that you have to treat those people with respect. And then maybe if you can bring in a couple of people who are homophobic and put them in this space where there are people who think differently from them, then they will start to see and understand why we think differently. And that's the way that that we can educate them instead of just being like, oh, well, you don't understand, so to hell with you. And I, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just, it's, that's really, really hard to remember. And it's really, really, really hard to do. And I think on some level, there's probably a balancing effect because you also want to make sure that those people aren't harming you or harming people who you care about. But on some level, we we have to be willing to interact with those who we butt up against because that's the only way that we're gonna be able to like communicate and work together and progress instead of I don't know devolving into arguments. Yeah, I feel like a person is more likely to like listen if you're showing them love instead of you attacking them. Yeah. People on the side road holding up signs saying, you're going to go to hell. Like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're attacking me. If you show love and kindness, they're more likely to listen. I I said this the other day. You can change more minds with love and understanding and respect than you will ever change with anger and hate. (laughs) Yeah. And Something that a lot of people don't don't do is when you have a disagreement and you're like, okay, but this is why I feel this way and this is what I think and this is how I'm communicating to you. And that other person's just like, no, just like a whole hell of a lot of no 
and not having your, you still have to show them the respect. It doesn't matter if you think they're wrong. It doesn't matter if they frustrate you or they annoy you or whatever. If you show them that respect, it's not necessarily that you'll change their mind, but they will think twice next time. Oh, hey, well, this conversation isn't, it might come across as an attack, even if you're like, hey, look, I'm trying to be loving and understanding it can still come across as an attack because you're budding ideas, these ideals and these beliefs that you have. So like by going, look, I respect your opinion. I still think you're wrong, but that's your opinion and you're entitled to it. Next time they'll be like, okay, well, maybe I can actually listen to this. Maybe we can actually like, communicate rather than just being like oh hell no fuck this you will always change more minds with love respect and understanding doesn't matter just it's the thing and I know in my life I have had people who I have developed really good relationships with we we respect each other right and so then they will admit something to me that they're like okay I don't understand this thing about why people think this is racist or why people think this is sexist but maybe you have a different perspective and they'll actually come to me and talk to me about that because they do want to understand it but they also want to make sure that the person who they're asking is somebody who will treat them with respect and explain it without being angry because that's not you're not gonna like post that question on Facebook or something right you you want to ask somebody who's actually gonna talk to you and I think that there have been times where I've been able to have those conversations with people like actually help them understand things better and just say well this is what I understand about it or this is my perspective and it's maybe something that they haven't thought or haven't known about because of their experience But the fact that I've been able to develop a respectful relationship with them in the first place is what allowed that conversation to happen. And hopefully I've been on the other end of that as well, where like maybe I have said something or done something poorly, acted poorly, and other people who I have a good relationship with have been able to say like, hey, this wasn't appropriate and this is why. And again, because we have respect for each other, I was able to hear them and change my actions. So That reminds me of something that happened at work recently. <laughs> uh, we have a driver at work who's black and uh, he was talking to somebody and he said something about colored people to this driver. And instead of the driver getting upset with him, he explained to him like, hey, you shouldn't call people that we don't appreciate you doing that and the person that said it was like oh I'm so sorry I didn't understand I didn't know that it would upset you it was something that I've always heard so she's like I won't use that anymore I didn't think that was something that would offend you so I won't use that word anymore and so it was nice to see him not get upset about it and be able to explain something like that to him and then him the 
him accepting that. So it's nice to see people not arguing and fighting about something like this and to like actually explain something to it. So to him so that he could understand what he was doing was wrong. So see now, now that Molly has brought this up and has said this, I'm sort of thinking that is something that a lot of us need to remember because I'm a hothead. Like I, I get mad and I fight over the stupidest things. And Sick. like I I'm quick to defend people. It doesn't matter if I think they're wrong. If this is my friend, if this is my tribe, if this is someone that I love and I will defend them. Yeah. Like even if I think they're wrong. And then I will pull them aside and say, Hey, you're a fucking asshole. This is what this is this is how I feel the situation should have gone. But nobody would actually believe that I thought they were wrong <laughs> if it wasn't for that conversation. And it, it is something that I I feel like I need to apply to my life as well is that listening and actually not just immediately being like look you're a fucking asshole just being like hey look this isn't exactly appropriate but doing it in a more respectful and not in the aggressive way <laughs> yeah goodwin's making lots of thoughtful faces so I want to give him a chance to speak if he so desires. <laughs> I am having a tough time, actually. I don't know if it's just because I've gotten... You, you guys know I'm pretty. I'm a pretty relaxed person. Like, I'm yeah. not uh, quick to get mad or anything. But I, I think this is sort of a situational thing. Brittany, your example was really good. That guy was, you know, super calm, explained things, you know, rationally and helped the other person understand. But... I think it really depends on who you're talking to because right now there are people out there that legitimately don't want certain types of people to exist. Yeah. And and like talking to them is not the way to get through. I, I don't know, you know, what, what the answer is, but it's like I said, I don't know if it's just that I've like gotten more jaded these past couple of months, but it's kind of tough to try to have a measured response to certain things yeah you know like it, it, is, really it, is, it is it is it, 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 and it's hard for me it's hard to see all this injustice happening in the world and trying to have a conversation about it because this is stuff that should have been taken care of decades ago like we, yeah. we've had wars over this sort of stuff we've we've had the civil rights movement we've had protests and riots in the past over this stuff and it just keeps happening and it's, you know, what what is it going to take to get stuff done? Yeah. And it's, it's and to be frank, it, it just stresses me out. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that there's definitely this sort of balancing act to it. I don't know if that's really the right way to phrase it, but on a national scale, just the conversation isn't enough. There needs to be the protests. There needs to be just thousands millions of people just screaming and I've been I've heard that historically 
the only way that social change occurs is when you have the peaceful protests as well as the more violent people. So like when we think about the civil rights movement of the 1960s, we often compare Martin Luther King Jr. to Malcolm X. And we needed both of those dynamics for success to happen. And you see that in the 1920s with the women's suffrage movement, where there were more peaceful protests, and then there were people who were more violent. And without both of those sides, then they never would have gotten heard. So I think what it might be is that there is an action that needs to happen on a national scale. And then there's also an action that needs to happen on a personal level. Because the national scale, that conversation isn't enough. There needs to be something more there. But for me, and and this this also, I'm sure, comes because I live in this rural town in Arkansas, and I work in a rural town in Arkansas, and because I'm white, and a lot of the people I work with are white, who have mostly just lived here, all of those things factor into this. But on a personal level for me, like at work, that's a moment where I can have those conversations because that is that personal connection. And if somebody says, oh, I think Black Lives Matter is racist, then that's the moment for me to say like, well, why do you say that? And maybe have that conversation. But you are also right that that by itself isn't going to be enough. Yeah. I had, I have a, friend who he he said something that was very profound it wasn't necessarily eloquent but it was very profound he goes we've tried to be peaceful we've tried the calm rational argument the trying to change minds sometimes you just have to set fire to shit <laughs> But back to the protests and stuff, you, you, one of the defining moments in the LGBT movement was the Stonewall, Stonewall. right? Yeah. Like, Stonewall was a huge turning point. So sometimes you do need that physical catalyst. It's, yeah. not, it's not enough. Actions speak louder than words. That's what I was trying to think is sometimes you have to you have to find that hill you're gonna die on you have to find that thing that you will fight for and it's good to be passionate about it and have conversations about it and like try and be rational and as calm and understanding as possible but it it it, it isn't enough like sometimes you need that catalyst that that fight when people look at especially the civil rights movement everybody is so quick to go oh well i'm okay it, he, he marched peacefully and stuff and yeah and a lot of people don't like i've noticed that a lot of people have pushed aside the malcolm x side like they don't they don't talk about oh well this was also going on at the same time they want to focus on, oh, well, peaceful. We, we have to do it peacefully. And both sides are like that. Well, like, they also want to try to avoid the part of 
where yes, MLK did march peacefully, but the pictures that most people show or whatever, marching peacefully or whatever, 10 minutes later, they all got attacked. So it yep. wasn't peaceful the whole time. Violence to the pro the peacefulness of that as well. And do people not only listen to the peaceful? Sometimes we have to get violent for people to start listening. And kind of like with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, he was peaceful the whole time. All he did was kneel and they kicked him out of the NFL because he was being disrespectful or whatever. And he's yeah, so angry. I'm sorry. And now they're saying, oh, well, you should have been peaceful. He was being peaceful. And now y'all are upset because people are starting to get violent. If that's the only way y'all are going to listen, then that's what we're going to have to do. We, we've we tried the peaceful thing. Sometimes you just have to it, set fire to shit. <laughs> the peaceful one. So now we got to get violent. Yeah. Are you listening? And like, and like the, the, the other side of that is when you're met with violence, because that, that is a huge thing that's been going on, is yes. Like, look at one of our local ones. Look at what happened in Bentonville. That was peaceful. That was calm. That was chill. And then pretty much the they were just like, no, nah, fucking tear gassing. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's one of those. And one of the big things that has frustrated me so fucking much about these protests is you have people who are demanding the police to walk with them or kneel with them or all of this stuff. And they will to pacify them for the moment. And well, like, they, what, what does that what does that change? Is that going to change their policies? Is that going to change their their and, being held accountable? No. Something that like one of the big things that frustrated me is if you look at the Geneva Con- uh, Convention, false surrender is against the Geneva Convention, and that's pretty much what it is. Is they're like, oh, we're being peaceful with you. We are understanding your plight we are taking your side and then they turn around and they do this shit and like it's one of those like you can't do a war crime and expect people to remain peaceful and remain calm yeah like war crimes and that's something that's gone on for pretty much the invention of riots is there has been these underhanded tactic to be like oh we're pacifying them to take their guard down and then we're gonna turn around and be like fuck your shit and like it it's frustrating to watch oh well we're not talking about how this is going on we are just focusing on the people who are protesting we're not paying attention to these and there is no other word for them other than war crimes. They are, the things that they're doing are against the fucking Geneva Convention. This is a thing that has tried to make warfare at least, not necessarily civil, because that's not the right word, but at least fair in a way. 
And like, when you turn around and you do shit like that, and then nobody's talking about that. How do you expect millions of people who are trying to be peaceful and trying to be calm and just trying to bring equality and just fucking common sense shit, but you're not talking about the other side, which is already meeting with brutality and this kind of shit. People are protesting police brutality and they're being met with police brutality. Yeah, they're they're literally doing what they're protesting against. Exactly. And it's just, and that's that's the other thing about these protests is we we don't focus on the peaceful ones but that is something that like i've noticed is Fayetteville super peaceful nobody really talked about it yeah Harrison peaceful believe it or fucking not yeah Harrison peaceful we don't talk about that that's a huge fucking deal Harrison was a sundown town until a few years ago. If you were a person of color or known LGBT, you had a chance of just being spirited away and no one know what happened to you. And so Harrison, which is the KK capital of not only Arkansas, but of the South. Yeah. That's a huge deal that they had a peaceful one, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Bentonville. We're talking about the... I feel like this goes back to what Goodwin was saying earlier about how people take advantage of uh, bad things happening. And I feel like that's what is going on a lot. And that's what people are focusing on right now. Because people take advantage of when things happen and people want to focus on these bad things that people are doing to try to discredit all of this... uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And the the other half of that, I feel, is you have media. And all media is focusing is on the bad stuff, which is why we're talking about the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And like... That's, that's what gets views. Yeah. Yeah. The, the media is always been this fear-mongering <laughs> institution. They're more worried about their fucking ratings than they are reporting the real story. And so they do all of the fear mongering and focusing on the bad stuff and honestly just trying to scare people. Oh, that, that just frustrates me because you have, you can't have peace if you don't focus on that. Uh, recognize that it is happening because I do think it's important for us to recognize that these protests are becoming violent but we have to recognize that they're becoming violent because the protesters are being attacked like they're not the ones who are starting the violence that's the police and we have to recognize that there are peaceful protests going on because that will that will show people like it's not the protesters who are being violent. They're painted as being violent, but if they are allowed to be peaceful, they will be peaceful. And the only yeah. reason it's becoming violent is because they're being attacked. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I should apologize for uh, launching us into this or not. <laughs> I think it was a good I, I, conversation to have. 
I yeah, I get I get super uppity about this kind of shit because like as as someone in the LGBT community and as someone who has a genuine fear that I'm going to outlive my nephew and my niece. That is a genuine fear I have. They're both teenagers. Yeah. Like Simone is 14. I shouldn't, I, I'm 29 years old. I am twice her age. I shouldn't be worried that she's not, so like she's not going to fear to me. I shouldn't worry about that. And I, I I have that genuine fear. And it's not fair. Yeah. Like I get I get uppity about this because it is personal. Yeah. Just ah. I, I just don't like people being dicks to each other. <laughs> I, I understand a little bit as well. Me I know my husband's not black, but he is Hispanic. And so he has told me stories of people uh, just looking at him and assuming that he's up to no good because of how he dresses or the color of his skin. We've gone to the store and I've noticed people like clutch their purses a little bit tighter or something just because he's brown. Uh, oh God, he's, he's going to steal my shit. I'm like, you don't know him. He's not going to do that. Okay. And he's told me stories of people pulling guns on him and stuff just because of the color of his skin. And if he were white, that wouldn't be happening. And it's so fucked up. Yeah. In a perfect utopia, we wouldn't judge people because of how they look. We would judge people on how they act. Yeah. We we constantly say, don't judge a book by its cover. But no one applies that to people. Yeah. It's just becomes something you say. It's not. It's not actually something people follow through with yeah. it's just words i i, I but just prejudice I is a hard thing to shake yeah then we are we are a country that was founded on it people people like to say oh we're the land of the free we're the the you know nation of equal opportunity we're no we were, we were founded on racism and sexism people like to say oh well it, we all men are created equal when that was written it only meant white men mm -hmm. like nobody rich else white rich Maybe. white men even like it nobody else mattered great rich white men <laughs> great rich white men <laughs> but that's that's something like a lot of people don't it, it's another thing that i get uppity about is one of the biggest genocides we don't talk about the the native americans smallpox blanket like it just ah and like the fact that this is actually something that you can find articles about hitler looked at the way that the americans treated the native americans goes that's a great fucking idea people don't talk about that we gave him the fucking idea but the Holocaust, is, and I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm not saying it's not bad when I say it like this. But the Holocaust is bad. But what we did to the Native Americans, what we are doing to people of color right now. And I mean, right now, it's focused on Black people. But it's not just them. 
it's the Hispanics, it's the Asians, it's literally anyone who's not white. We are, the nation is waging a war against them, whether we think of it that way or not. It's frustrating that people are like, oh, well, you know, we are an accepting country. We accept everybody. Okay, you accept everybody that's straight, white, has money. So yes, women still experience prejudice in several companies women who are doing the same job as a man get paid less yes women do still experience that but if you're white if you're straight and you have money you don't really experience something that people under the poverty level experience people of color like I don't know what it's like to be most people, yeah, they see my colored hair and the way I dress, and they go, mm, she's up to something. But I can get away with it. We have that but, privilege because we're white. I, I, yeah. live, I have privilege. Yeah, like, and it's, it, so I don't know. And I, it just, it, it, I don't know. I like, I just think people should be dicks to other people. Like, don't be a dick. That is, that is my life motto. And that, that's, that's summing up something as complex and just severe as all of this is going on into a very, very simple phrase. I, I understand that. But, like, I feel those are words people need to live by. Don't be a dick. It'd be good. It'd be, it'd be great if it were that easy. Yeah. It yeah. would be. Yeah. It really would. I think there's an element of as a society and specifically the white Americans as a society recognize that there is a problem but are afraid to admit it because nobody likes to be wrong. Uh, It's very difficult to apologize. It's very difficult to make reparations. And that's true on a personal level. If I said something to hurt one of you guys, then it would be difficult for me to be like, oh, hey, I recognize that I did this. I recognize that this is why it's harmful. This is what I need to do to stop and make reparations and have that conversation. So on a societal level, it's even more difficult, but we need to figure out how to do that. And I don't know what the answer is. I wish I did, God. Um, Yeah. Yeah, But I think that's what the problem is, is everyone is afraid to admit or like white people are afraid to admit white society is afraid to admit that that this is a problem because that means that we're wrong. They don't want to recognize that they are part of the problem. Yeah. And it's hard to change your way. Yeah. When you've done something the same way for your whole life it is so hard to stop and go okay I have to change this it I I can't remember where exactly it comes from but someone said it takes 30 days to break a habit that's just a habit like smoking or change a habit like getting up 20 minutes earlier it takes 30 days and then when you mess up those 30 days have to start again but 
as far as something like on such a national level, that it's not even just nationally. This is something that's gone on in the entire world is, but it, it's hard to break that mindset. Even if you recognize it's wrong, it's still hard to go, oh, hey, because you have to actively think about it. Because you have people with Stephen, like people who automatically make assumptions and it could be they've had something happen to them. And so they're immediately like, oh, but they might think about it five minutes later and go, oh, shit, that was really rude. That was really shitty of me. Yeah. But then the next time they go out, that's a that's a subconscious thing because it's been ingrained in them. And yeah. it is it is so hard to break a habit in a mindset but we are also rewarding bad behavior if you take away the rewards of that mindset then people are more likely to change but no one's going to do that and it's it's real hard to just stop and think sometimes especially when you're in a moment and I just I, I, I just wish people had the ability to, even if they react a way that they would be able to go back and be like, okay, I fucked up. I need to find a way to fix this or I need to do something better. Just makes people uncomfortable. I, I feel like right now people should be uncomfortable. Yeah. It don't like if you're complacent in this, if you are comfortable in this, something's wrong yeah the only way to change something is to be uncomfortable if you if you stay in the same groove uh uh, there's something else it's like um if you take the same path every day you walk the same exact steps every day it is going to be hard to pull out of it and so people just continue because it's easy and I guess because I've never been one to have it easy to, to, to take the easier route. <laughs> it just boggles me that people are so willing to sacrifice someone else's safety and comfort for their own. Yeah. It's selfish. I think everybody realizes that, how selfish situations like that are where you just continue doing what you've always done and it doesn't you don't think about it because you've always done it you also don't you get blind the blinders on and you just don't notice how it affects other people some people do and some people are recognizing oh shit I was wrong but the other half of it is is sometimes they don't know how to change or how to fix this brings it back to the, the conversation side of it, where you have to talk to somebody who is realizing, oh, hey, maybe I'm fucking up. But in order to put somebody in that mindset, you, you have to have that, again, that catalyst. I'm bringing it back full circle. <laughs> That's probably a good stopping point. there we go i put it back at the beginning i I made a circle of (laughs) 
<laughs> like you said, it, it it really does have to be kind of like a spectrum of is this person willing to listen or are they just not capable of doing that? And and your response has to differ based on that. Of that person, yeah. yeah. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. So much for not going on tangents, right?